Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is a show where we choose a genre every month and pick some of the best, weirdest movies pertaining to that genre. So we are in murder mystery, just mystery month. And my boy Greg, he is just on a on a streak of just bangers that he picks. I'm very happy he picked this one. This was actually in my list for the next spooky like Halloween collection. I like this movie so much. I was going to probably be in one of them, but I was like, that's fine. We can do it now. So Greg, he picked the movie, the 2003 film Identity. So for the uninitiated, this is a a reverse chronology structure film. It's kind of like what Quentin Tarantino does in his films, where sometimes he'll give you the end, the end product of everything. And then it's like, hey, let's go back and check out what happened. How we got to this point. Yes. Uh, same. Well, with Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs, you see the beginning before the heist and you get the after parts of the heist. And then the whole movie is them explaining why the fuck it fell apart. So and then you start to gather information on people. People change. You realize like, oh, man, at the beginning of the movie, you were awesome. Oh, you're not good anymore. So things build up and you get little by little little tidbits of clues and then you finally get a twist uh, this one's a, a wild ass movie the director james mangold he's done a few films that i absolutely like uh he did the wolverine that one was mm, all right but he did logan so i Ooh. like his comic book angle 310 to yuma is a really fun one walk the line i haven't seen that since fucking 2005 it might be good now but i don't really feel like watching it so, Katie, what did you think about Identity? Um, so I immediately, in the first, like, I don't know, 15 minutes of this film, I was like, oh, they're doing and then they were none. <laughs> I like, literally turned to Otis and said that. And, yep, that's what it ended up being. So I love the book and then there were none and the story that happens in there and then this movie has like a insane twist that and then there were none doesn't have so it was really cool i feel like there were parts of this movie that i predicted and parts of it that just were completely caught me off guard which is exactly what a like i don't know murder mystery thriller should do yeah you should be able to like kind of solve it but not really (laughs) because it should keep you guessing and i think Identity did a great job of that. Greg. This is my first time watching this in about oof, 10 plus years. Um, still enjoyed it very much. Still very entertaining for me. And it doesn't take much for me to be entertained by a murder mystery just because I just like the intrigue and the and, and the, the the journey to figuring everything out. Plus, I'm not that bright anyway, so I can never figure them out before the end. I'm just not good at these types of things. But having already watched it, it's fun to revisit it and then know what's, for the most part, even though you forget little pieces here and there, it's fun to at least know the general premise and catch things that you didn't necessarily, like, oh, it was right there in front of my face this entire time. And I do kind of wonder, had I watched this for the first time these just a few days ago, how much I would have been able to guess. But like I said, not that bright. So probably nothing at all. Um, a little sillier than I remembered, and yeah. uh, 
That's every movie from 2003, though. Yeah. And the final twist, if I'm being completely honest, was it was a little much for me. I was like, eh, we could have, we didn't need that last little twist right there. But I still very much enjoyed it anyway. I watched this. This came out 2003. I don't quote me, but I believe that Steve and I went and saw this movie in the theater. I remember seeing this like at some point before I graduated high school, we snuck into this. And there's a line from this movie. Uh, to this day, Steve and I, we we say and we giggle and we always think about this movie. And I, it's a fun one. It's a really fun one. I, it, it's, it's always cool to me to see a movie that gets me to think. Uh, like Greg said, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the brightest bulb <laughs> in the drawer, but I've seen so many different instances, instances and stories and, you know, timelines and things like that, that I can kind of guess where it's going. Uh, there's tons of movies like The Prestige. First time I watched it, 45 minutes in, I was like, oh, that's the thing. And I took a nap in the theater when I watched it. There's tons of movies where I just, I've seen it before, but this one, I don't think I've seen a twist at this point in my life. Now, I know I've seen films after this that I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's cool. That's really fucking cool. But yeah, it, this was really fun. The set list of actors, like we were talking about movies where every person is just someone famous. And it's a, what, um, like uh, Glass Onion, uh, those movies where it's just every person is someone famous. This movie kind of has that angle going for it. We got John Cusack in it, and he's really good at spooky-ass movies. He's in a ton of them. Ray Liotta, that's my boy. I love me some Ray Liotta. Amanda Peet, Clea Duvall, uh, Rebecca De Mornay, John C. McGinley. Hey, the mean old doctor from Scrubs. And in this movie, he's completely opposite, which is really weird. The little kid, Timmy, I don't know if he's been in something. His face, he looked familiar. Crazy old Jake Busey's in this bitch. So I was like, yeah, you he look like an evil person. Alfred Molina. So it's just, Doc Ock. There's always these movies where I'm like, dang, every person that talks more than like 10 seconds is someone super duper famous. And I thought that was really cool to see this. Yeah, this movie, it's a weird one. But it's, like I said, it takes a tonal shift at a point. And there's a moment where there are like multiple lines and it says, this is what this movie is about. And you're like, oh, oh. And then it just completely changes from what it was before. And some people thought that that was a bit, just, just hits you over the head with it. But when we get to that point and I explain it, it'll make more sense what I mean about that. Katie brought up the fact that this was loosely based on a 1939 story. And then there were none. The story with multiple names that are really bad. But it's the whole same situation with strangers isolated somewhere and then systematically they are killed off. And so uh, good job, Agatha Christie. It's a pretty cool plot for a story. And you're just like, fuck, who keeps killing them and how are they getting away with it? My favorite oh. thing that they did in this movie um, as like an homage to and then there were none because they didn't really completely take the idea from the story. Um, but I loved the room keys. Yes. Because it it directly mirrored the statues that are in and then there were none. Yeah. And no, it was no. like, it was such a cool thing for them to add that in. Like whoever w- wrote this movie 
like good on you for having the like countdown like how it counted down from 10 9 8 7 all the way down to the end yeah like that was genius and an awesome little like oh yeah this is that movie thanks actor christy it's it's a sweet idea uh but yeah i would check out the story and maybe we'll review that movie at some point uh one 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 version of it so we'll get through the story pretty quick it's funny it's dense just info wise because a lot it's just 10 people just chilling in just one spot but then once it gets to a point you're like oh oh okay cool so we'll, we'll get to that point and you'll understand what i mean so we meet up with a convict his name is malcolm rivers and like a ton of horror movies when you get the credits going let's just do some uh some wipes of info and crazy things they've done because you know what's what's better than just having someone just sit down and give you an expository five-minute explanation of the whole story? Just have newspapers go by. It's way better. <laughs> so this time when I watched it, I was like trying to read all the newspapers. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But Malcolm Rivers, this dude is wild as hell. Just a mass murderer that destroyed a ton of people at an apartment building. And so he is awaiting ex- execution. And so we see that there was some journals that were misfiled and they could actually blow this case wide open. And so Malcolm's psychiatrist, Dr. Malik, hey, it's Alfred Molina. And his defense attorney, they are trying to argue the fact that they should use this evidence to prove that Malcolm is absolutely insane. Because I don't know if it's other countries also, but America, you can do some wild, super duper shit but if you're crazy, they look at you a different way because it's like, oh, Otis ate that person and he seems normal. It's like, yeah, I just ate him. It's like, oh, what the fuck? He's crazy. But if it's like, I ate that person and I think I'm God, oh, he's crazy. I ate crazy. that person because I'm crazy. Yeah, there you go. And at that point, they're like, okay, we kind of looking at you different, bud. So different charges happen if you're absolutely crazy. So while that's happening, we see that 10 strangers, they are stranded at a motel in Nevada. And we catch up with people at different times and the story just kind of changes. But we see Ed Dakota. He is a limousine driver and he is driving Caroline Suzanne, a older actress. It seems like Pastor Prime trying to stay in the limelight, uh, kind of like uh, what Kathy Griffith. Like people that have like, I did all this cool stuff back in the day and I'm still trying to like hit that. There's other actresses I could have said or actors, but I don't know why she popped up first in my head. (laughs) And we see Officer Rhodes. (laughs) He is transporting a convicted murderer. His name is Robert Maine. Hey, it's Jake Busey with those big old teeth looking evil. (laughs) Paris, Nevada. She is, we find out later what she does, but she's a sex worker. And uh, the owner of the motel, he is just pissed off about that. He is just really mad that she is a prostitute. Um, Maybe she said no to him one day and she was like, I don't like you. So we see there are newlyweds, Lou and Jenny, and then the York family. The story, I believe, starts with the York family as the father is changing a tire in this just Moses grade rain is happening on this road. His wife gets out of the car to kind of help him out or cheer him on. And he, you know, he's talking through what he needs to do to get the tire changed. 
and his wife gets hit by a limo. Hey, it's the same limo driven by John Cusack. And so we find out the reason that the tire busted was because the sex worker, Paris, one of her shoes flew out of her car when she opened up her bag earlier in the day. So just like Kismet, this is fucking destiny. Like that all these people, their vehicles would bust down or people would get destroyed and they end up at this motel. So Alice, she's the one that got destroyed by this car. She's not dead, but Ed is trying to get her to somewhere to get help. Yeah, to get help. And so Alice, George, and their nine-year-old son, Timmy, comes along for the ride and they end up at this motel. And as they are trying to call for help or drive and, and discover that they are just trapped at this motel uh the the roads just dip a little too far down and uh for other countries i don't know if you have to deal with water like some of our podunkier states have to if there are roads that are below the fucking water line if it rains hard enough that's just a lake and you cannot get anywhere and i don't understand why they don't just fix that but i guess that'd be a lot of money to just make sure that everything is just well, especially in this area where they're at, Nevada is just basically desert yes. for most of it. So why bother fixing it? Like, yeah. No one's going to be out there driving anyways. So yeah, until they get got like this. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like a fluke. Like this would never happen or would be very rare to happen yes. on some like random back, back street in the desert in nevada so we find out that ed the limousine driver he was an ex-cop that got a bit disillusioned with the job because he dealt with a lot of freaky crazy things this is a running idea with cops and movies they're like man when you see people just skinned and hanged from like like door frames yeah you stop believing in god and believing in everything i'm like god damn but it's a tough job you know tough job so we see that suzanne the older actress she's killed by someone off screen and ed finds her head in a dryer an industrial grade dryer so them some bitches don't stop for nothing if you put the money in they will roll just one shoe in there and he finds her head along with the number 10 motel key so at this point in the movie we see the group find bodies head to the room with the key and discover that whatever key and the person that was supposed to be in that room, it corresponds with what's going to happen. And so it's very much a, oh, she was in room 10. Oh, that's why she got got first. Oh, no. So everyone thinks that it's Jake Busey's character, Maine, is the killer because he escaped. So the agent tied him to a pole or pipe in the bathroom and just left him, let him be. And so, you know, what do you do if you're a fucking killer and you're trapped somewhere and no one's looking at you you break that shit and get away so maine is just out in the world and so everyone thinks like holy shit a murderer is just out in the world so lou and jenny the newlywed couple we find out that jenny faked pregnancy to keep lou and they're not the best of couples mm. and they're yelling and stuff at each other and i ask again why lou sucked why were you trying to keep him yeah well jenny i don't know why she was trying to trap him yeah yeah what you yeah. said uh, he sucks that was pretty scummy of her to Girl, say why that are you trapping was, you know. why are you trapping that piece of shit dude yeah like 
So Ginny locks herself in the restroom because Lou's getting loud. <laughs> You're shouting again, Bert. And then uh-huh. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. <laughs> Lou, you're shouting again, Lou. So Jenny hears the door open and someone is talking or looking at Lou. And Lou's like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, hey. And he's like, hey, open the door, Jenny. Open the door, open the door. And we hear a bit of commotion happen outside the door. And Lou gets quiet. And then the doorknob starts jiggling. And it's like, why is that locked? And then the door starts just savagely jiggling and it's like the person wants to get in there and get that person so the crew the crew pops up and that person disappears and we see that lou got absolutely murdered and there's another key so number nine we have a flash adjacent uh there's no at this point there's no guessing of what the timeline is i first time i watched this i thought that the motel thing was happening far into the past and this was just like oh this guy this was one of the last murders he did it's happening concurrent to what's happening with Malcolm the mass murderer so we see that at a hearing with Malcolm's psychiatrist defense attorney against the prosecution and a judge that got woken up and he's just mad about that we see that Malcolm suffers from extreme dissociative identity disorder and he has 11 distinct personalities in his head and you're like okay oh oh shit so the defense attorney he's arguing that he doesn't know what he's doing these crimes it's like that could have been the other 11 people in his head malcolm probably didn't do this what if it was this person or that person and so that's the argument that they're going for and that it's kind of a violation of Supreme Court rulings on capital punishment. So Dr. Malik introduces the idea of integrating the personalities of someone with this disorder as Malcolm's brought back in. So we see that the crime scene, they find the number nine key on Lou's in his hands, and then they are suspecting that the killer is counting down to something and he's targeting them in the order of their rooms and stuff. So we see that the killer main, he tries to escape the motel area, but he ends up back at the motel. So it seems like they're just in some type of a loop and Rhodes and Ed, the two cops, they subdue him and they tie him down because they just, you know, they caught the killer, but you know, they're not supposed to kill bad guys and they just need more evidence for this whole situation unfortunately they look away and he gets a bat or pipe shoved into his throat all the way into his body he's he's just looking straight up with a pipe in his body so number eight key next to him and so larry the motel owner which we find out is not the motel owner he robbed the place or he was looking to rob it and the real owner was just like dead and so he's like oh Okay, and then someone came up looking for a room, and then he just stayed. And so he's been in charge of this motel for a while. <laughs> he takes Paris, the, uh, I don't know, she's still a prostitute at this point, but ex-prostitute hostage. And so Paris fights him off, and Larry tries to leave in his truck, but he accidentally crushes George against a dumpster because Timmy was in the road and he was gonna get it ran over and so it it just falls apart everyone's just dying left and right so 
they tie Larry to a chair and orders everybody to just stay until dawn. And we just need to just everybody be quiet, lock these doors, and we sit still and we can figure out who the killer is. So Larry convinces Paris and Ed that he's not the killer because of his story. And he's like, I wasn't even supposed to be here and all this stuff. Like, I'm not supposed to be here. So Alice the mom that just got destroyed by the car, uh, she gets checked on and she's died. Someone came in and finished her off, but she was in really bad shape. So it did probably Yeah, or she just died. Yeah, it probably didn't have to take that much effort. And they find a number six key. And they look at George's body and the number seven key is on him. So at some point, someone went back and just placed the key on his body because they saw him get crushed by a truck. And at some point, someone was like, and that's for you <laughs> and they scuttle away again so the 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 big hit the twist the crazy not the twist but the the thing that happened in all the trailers which i wanted to watch this movie because it was in the trailer the cop ed is checking everyone's id cards at the office because he wants to know who the f- fuck these people are you know people are getting murdered and he realizes like oh hey your birthday's coming up you know happy birthday we got the same birthday and then everyone's like may 10th yeah that's my birthday yeah that's my birthday too everybody that's still alive they all have the birthday may 10th and they're like oh john cusack i remember in the trailer everybody's like yeah that's my birthday too and ray Liotta doesn't say he doesn't say it he just looks at each other and he goes yeah <laughs> he's like what the fuck is happening so everyone's just confused and a little, little nervous and then we see that john cusack realizes that everyone's name has some type of state connected to it or something just about traveling. Dakota, Rhodes. Nevada. Paris, Nevada. Yeah. Washington, Virginia. Uh, It just, everyone has something that connects to a place. Louisiana. (laughs) That's how you say it. (laughs) George York. So now everyone's like, why are we here? This is really weird. (laughs) Yeah, the fuck? And then Ed, John Cusack's character, hears Dr. Malik calling out to him. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And he ends up at the hearing. So he's in the seat where Malcolm was sitting. And Dr. Malik explains that he's one of the personalities that Malcolm Rivers created as a child. <laughs> and one of the remaining personalities committed all of these murders. And they're trying their best to kill off all the good personalities so they can be the last one inside of Malcolm's body. And so now it's up to Ed and the other good personalities to try to fight off this evil one. And so John Cusack's character gets sent back into the motel or his mind to fight off the killer. So Ed comes back to the motel and Paris finds files for both Maine and Rhodes, so the cop and the person he was transporting, and we find out that the cop is not a cop. He was a criminal that was sitting with Maine in the back, and he was able to get, like, a knife or something and stab the driver, the cop driving, and he took his clothes and was like, we're gonna get the fuck out of here, but you gotta stay in the back and act like you're a bad guy still. And he's like, what the fuck? Give me some clothes. He's like, no, asshole. <laughs> oh, you're the prisoner. And they start driving off. So Ray Liotta this whole time was 
a criminal. And watching it the first time, I was like, dang, that cop don't give a fuck. Because he was like punching him and stuff. He's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) He's pulling guns on people. I was like, dang, this cop's wild as hell. Makes sense. Because he's a fucking prisoner with a gun. So it's like, yeah. yeah." I called that twist like 30 minutes before. Because there's a scene where Ray Liotta is, he has to take his jacket off for something. Yeah. And he uh, is putting it back on. And in the process of putting it back on, they show his back and hit the shirt that he's wearing has a big ass hole in it and a blood stain yeah and i was like oh he's the killer for sure he's the criminal and he killed the cop that was like they traded places (laughs) so (laughs) ray liotta his character instantly because ray liotta has a scary face to begin with so he is attacking paris he's attacking anybody that gets close enough uh, Larry, the almost owner of this motel, he gets shot by Rhodes. Rhodes don't give a fuck anymore. He's like, one of y'all is the killer. I guess I'm the killer because I'm killing people, but y'all ain't going to get me. So I'm going to get you first. It's it's crazy. Get got. Yeah, you ain't going to get me. <laughs> so finally, everyone's like, Rhodes is the killer. We got to stop him. And Ed heads outside and shoots Rhodes. And they both shoot each other. And uh, hooray, John Cusack saved the day. I wish he bobbed and weaved a little bit with his gun. He just kind of walked at him and just took a couple of shots, but then he got Ray Liotta. So Paris is the only person still alive. At some point, we see Timmy, the little boy, he's dead. And it was like an explosion. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's dead except Paris, the prostitute. Good for her. So with the killer personality gone and just paris a very peaceful ex-prostitute malcolm's execution is taken away it stayed like he isn't dangerous anymore which is wild to me um if i could sit in a room just be like "Ah, oh the killer's gone from my brain and they're like okay cool uh you're not gonna get gassed later oh right on (laughs) it just it's wild to me but you know i'm not a psychiatrist you know so He's going to be placed in a mental institution. Hooray, under Dr. Malik's care. Yay. You go, Doc Ock. You saved the day. And we see that in Malcolm's mind, Paris, she settles down in Florida. And she's got an orange grove. And she's doing all this stuff. And she's digging in the dirt, getting ready to plant some more, you know, oranges. And she finds a number one key buried in the dirt. And she's like, what the fuck does this mean? And she sees a shadow just come over her and she looks up it's timmy the little boy and he's holding uh what was he holding in his hand it wasn't a rake it was something just some was it a, was it a hoe yeah probably a hoe and then timmy's got a mean looking face on his face and i'm like what you doing bud <laughs> what you doing with that hoe homie and we get a cool little flashback to all the moments in this movie and we see that timmy has been just controlling everything from the just behind the scenes from the shadows and he has been the killer the whole movie <laughs> and he looks at paris and he says whores don't get a second chance and then proceeds to murder paris while in real life malcolm strangles dr malik dr malik was like hey hey uh malcolm what, what's wrong buddy and from the, yeah, from the back of a cop car yeah slides the protective grate away and he's like hey let me t- get my face closer to you. Are you all right, buddy? Crazy person that I understand that you're crazy. 
And then Malik just strangles the fuck out of Dr. Octopus. And then the van just swerves off the road. And then we hear Timmy's voice just doing a poem. So uh, Malcolm's body is just empty except for a killer. So, uh, you know, identity too. It'd just be Malcolm trying to kill people with a little kid voice. <laughs> so, Katie, who is your favorite character in identity? Uh, this is a rare one for me, but I'm going to go with John Cusack's character, <laughs> Ed. I don't really like John Cusack. He's just like bland to me. Like his face, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. It just it's it's an odd look he gives. Well, but and his so. acting, uh, everything about him is for me is just very like meh. I guess I'll try, maybe. <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> but I liked him in this movie a lot. His character was really cool. I liked that Ed was trying to solve the mystery the whole time and trying while well, also trying to protect all the other residents. And the main reason that all the other people fucking ended up dying uh, was because they didn't listen to Ed. He would tell people to fucking stay put, stay in their room, (laughs) and they couldn't fucking just sit quietly and mind their own goddamn business for five minutes. He was like, hey, there's some mad shit happening right outside your window with the killer, and I'm going to take care of it because I'm an ex-cop and I got a gun. Let me handle it. And every single fucking person in this hotel was like, nah, let me, let me go outside and see what, what I can do to help. Let me get in the middle of this. Let me fuck up what you were trying to do. Let (laughs) me put myself in danger. Let me get myself murdered. Uh, So they were all a bag of trash. Greg. (laughs) Um, My favorite was actually Malcolm. I, I just for the short time he was there, I felt like for me, he was pretty effective in selling the whole bit of I have multiple personalities in my head. He and did think, do really good. And I think just his his look in general just really struck me as 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 believable in that role as if you you, ro- you, ro- you rolled him in that room and I just felt like, oh, OK. He kind of fits the bill as far as unhinged serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> For the first minute he was on screen, I thought it was uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. So, yes. He, he looked the part and he sold the part just as well. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. And special shout, shout out to Alfred Molina because I just really like Alfred Molina and everything. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm so torn with this movie. I, you know, you're following John Cusack, kind of. He's in just about every scene. So I guess he is. He's the biggest star. Yeah, I guess he is the main character, though. It is a ensemble and they're all part of the same brain. But it seems like Ed is the the hero that Malcolm made at some point. But I, I just liked, honestly, the first and second act of this movie, before the twist of they're all in the head of one person. I like this, this mystery of someone is a killer and they're really fucking good at it. And like, no one can like efficiently catch the person. And I was sitting there like, how the fuck are they doing this? And they're putting the keys on them and everyone's looking. And I was like, oh, because it's not really happening. It's all in the mind. So it's kind of magical in a sense. Like it's, 
you know, he's dreaming this. So mm-hmm. it was it was really cool up till the the twist. I like it afterward. It's just the first like two thirds of this movie. It was a legit mystery. And I was sitting there trying to work this out. And I was like, who could it be? I was thinking that it was probably Paris. But there were too many scenes of her being terrified in rooms. I'm like, the killer wouldn't have done that. No one's looking. Why would they be scared? So I was like, you know, in the the red herring of just Ray Liotta being evil. I was like, no, that's too easy. And Jake Busey, I'm like, that's too easy. It's someone else. But so, yeah, the first two thirds of this movie, that's my favorite part. So, Katie, who was your least favorite character? That bitch ass kid. <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> he was a fucking liability. He really was. You want to talk about fucking people not following any directions, but from anyone in authority? This child was like nine, maybe 10. I don't know. He's a little ass kid. And Every single grown-up in this situation was like, stay right here, stay by your mom's side, it'll be okay, you'll be safe, just hang out here. And every chance that little bitch had, he was walking (laughs) around outside in this hotel, like, dude, what? No, I would have slapped the shit out of my kid. Get the fuck back in your room. He had a murder, I guess. Not if I murdered him first. <laughs> I told you to get in the room, bitch. <laughs> Can't kill me if I kill you. <laughs> That's what the, the whole point of this movie is. <laughs> Can't kill me if I kill you first. Uh, Greg. Well, I'm never going to never going to uh, hate on disliking a child because you know how I feel. About oh, yeah. Thing. yeah. I think I've set the record for most disliked children roles in this the history of this podcast yeah yeah <laughs> but it's actually not going to be him although i did not really like that twist uh that second twist um but it is child adjacent i would say um my least favorite character is jenny played by clea duvall yeah she i sucks. wanted more from her and that's not even why i'd i'd trapping don't like it I don't care how bad he is. Trap? No. No. First of all, if you if you tell me that I'm ex- I'm I'm expecting my life's already ruined. No offense to parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then come to find out you trapped me in this and lied to me because I you saw me talking to somebody else. Nah. Nah. Instant hate, instant hate. <laughs> and sometimes I waver back and forth as far as like how I choose my favorites and, and least favorites based on the character itself or the performance. This is easy for me. Once I once once I had not I did not recall that reveal in uh, from back when I first saw this movie way back when. So once I once I I was instantly heated just placing myself in that guy's position. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Also, I might be overthinking this, but I feel like I, I dislike Clea Duvall's, uh characters in every film that I've ever seen her in. Same. <laughs> it, I, and I, I, it might not be many, but it feels like a lot. And I feel like every time I watch her, she, her character is, some, is whiny or crying or making ugly cry faces and 
which I mean, good job for her to be able to do that as an actress, but just yeah. I can I, I never like her roles. I just ugh. yeah, she kind of got typecast because her I don't want to say her face is just in the faculty, she was that moody teen. Whiny. Oh god, yeah. Yes. Just I was she in the craft? Or am I making that up? No, she was not in the craft. Okay. There was somebody else that kind of fit her role in that, but yeah, just about everything I see pouty. her in. She's always pouty. Yeah. Just her face. She's got this kind of permanent pouty face. Um, but uh she looks shout out, shout out to her for happiest season though. Yeah, that was she a looked... fun, that was a fun movie. Ultimate, looks... Ultimate Redemption. Always. I always get her and uh the girl who played Rogue mixed up. Oh, Anna Paquin. Anna really? Paquin. They look the same. Really? Yep. Look at their ugly crying face. <laughs> look at their faces next to each other. They look the fucking same. So so glad she didn't play Rogue. <laughs> Clear the fallish Rogue. Jesus. Oh, no. I don't like either one of them, so. <laughs> so I'm going with Lou and Virginia, uh, the newlyweds. I didn't like the whole situation. And Clea Duvall, we can we see later on in her life. She she's a great creator of things, and she's not a bad actress. She just got that face, I guess. And the husband or the newlywed husband, I remember him from the Steve Harvey show. He was Bullethead, so he's the only white. That was Bullethead. Yeah, that was Bullethead. So oh man white kid in the high school he was a dum-dum so i i love both of them but it's just this was a waste of them you know um just like we were talking about in knives out uh the little kid Jaden martell he's a great actor we've seen him in it fighting a fucking clown in the sewer but in that movie he was just like what beating it off in a restroom to what was it goat porn what did the dad say <laughs> some wild shit and that's all they had for him in this movie all they had for Cleo Duvall and fucking Bullethead was just, hey, we need you guys to scream at each other from the restroom. And then get killed off. Yeah, that was it. And I was like, wow, what a waste. What a waste. They, they could have done so much more. But that happens in ensemble fucking murder films. Like, <laughs> Katie's going to be in this movie for 25 minutes. And she's not going to be in every scene. But she'll get probably get a good scene before it, the shadowy figure jumps her, you know? But yeah, I, I, I didn't like them. So let's do seven word synopsis. I got two of them. Oh boy. Hi. First one was why didn't Malcolm have a black identity? <laughs> I was like sitting there thinking about it. he had a female. She was a prostitute. I'm like, can't have anybody darker. That's all right. That's fine. That's fine, Malcolm. That's all right. I'm curious about his prostitute. Um yeah. like <laughs> Malcolm just on the corner. Like, <laughs> like was he a rapist? Was he molesting people? What? So, okay. I have a headcanon. All his characters, they seem to have a happy moment and then it all went bad for him. Like the newlyweds. They got married. Hooray, we're happy. And it's like, oh, I lied to you about being pregnant. Uh, the ex-cop, John Cusack's character, he was, an, he was a cop. He was a hero. And he's like, I got disillusioned. And he stopped being a cop. Everybody had something that turned and made them bad. So maybe, I don't know what the prostitute's job was before this and then she's like uh hard times i went to being a prostitute so maybe he i don't know i don't know this crazy person's mind and what they were doing so uh it'd be weird to see that man in a short skirt on the street so i don't know it's better than the uh other option of what he was doing but yeah and my second one is 
whores don't get a second chance classic so that's the line steve and i uh we say it all the time and just giggle because it was it was weird coming from a little kid like ominously evilly saying it to a grown woman and he has a hoe in his hand like what the fuck and he just destroys her with this hoe i was like fight that little kid he ain't shit but apparently he is shit katie that kid was trouble from minute one (laughs) (laughs) he literally fucking made his mom get hit by that limo yeah, yeah I, I I blame her for that. Yeah, she shouldn't have been in the goddamn middle of the street, but she shouldn't have been in the street. Uh, but he shouldn't have been distracting her. And then he smiled about it because he a little bitch. Yeah. Uh okay, and then Doc Ock should have kept that window shut. <laughs> he really should have. Why the fuck did you open it? They friends now. No. <laughs> no fear. No. Don't befriend patience. That's not no. No, sir. Greg. Release Malcolm. Hire him as a screenwriter. All his stories got 11 people in it. <laughs> so this film came out April 25th, 2003. My God. So old. What do you guys think the budget for Identity was, Katie? I said 30 million. I bet. Greg. Golly. There's uh, just a lot of famous people in this movie. There was only one set, but there was a yeah. lot of famous people in it. Yeah. Yeah. And for that reason, I will go 31 million. <laughs> the budget was 28 million. Ah! Right. Ah! <laughs> Disgusting. Ritual suicide. Oh. <laughs> the second Greg was talking, you like, you like helped him think of like justify it. I was like, oh, damn, he's going to go too high. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Greg. Hu- you, you, you hustled the hustler. Oh. <laughs> I was like, damn, you better get played. You're going to go too much. You can't play a player. <laughs> so what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? 60 million, even though somehow I never heard of this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Greggy. I'll go with uh, 45 million. So this movie, uh, fucking believe it or not, it made $90 million. God damn. Like off the trailer, the trailer was fucking banging. Uh, y'all should go back and look at that. I was like, it seems to have no following whatsoever. Like no, no longevity to it. No legacy. No, not at all. It's, it's so weird. And like I said earlier, with the big twist of it's all in someone's head and all that stuff. This movie was very polarizing, not as polarizing as like the fifth element. If you ever talk to like 20 people, there'll be someone that's like, I hate that movie. Like they got beat up in a screening of it. But that's weird. It was very polarizing. People were like, it was good. And then it just stopped being good. I was mad. I was like, that's a twist. Watch Twilight Zone. You'll get a lot of those types of twists. You know, you'll be hanging out with the wrong folks. Yeah. But it's a fun movie. It's just like I said, it just it's a different taste when you get to the last third of the movie and it's like okay they're all surviving in this mind and they're trying not to be assimilated by the evil presence you know it just was a different movie at that point and like i said some people didn't like that they wanted the mystery all the way through i i I thought it was a very very unique approach and i enjoyed it the kid twist did not need whatsoever i agree yeah. Uh, one critic said that the film's cardinal sin was not that it had a, an engrossing 
but extremely far-fetched setup to a lackluster resolution, a resolution that probably sounded really good in initial script pitch, you know, like, oh man, like they're fighting for their lives, but they're all in the head of this crazy guy. And I'm like, damn, that sounds fucking great. You know, Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they could have set it up better the last third of the movie, but all the scares were in the first parts of it. So at the end, it was just like a typical scary movie. You stop being scared of the thing toward the end and I, I wasn't scared anymore i was like okay john cusack has to kill ray liotta hooray he did it oh the kid oh fuck good. yeah just, no. i don't know even it's a weird feel at the end even with it being the kid like like you could explain away some how it's not like the kid you, you know what i'm saying without you clearly you not saying anything <laughs> yeah. it's not like the kid necessarily actually did the deed of killing all those people so you can yeah. explain away some of those incidents like like his mo- it's not like he forced his mother to get out that car and it was his mother that chose to like wave at him and then back up into the street without looking like he didn't manipulate that situation so unless he's some sort of supernatural being then yeah I mean, like know? if they yeah if they played it like he had powers or something i'm like okay cool and that but, kid managed to shove that bat down that uh convict's throat. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Did he jump from the fucking rafters with the bat? Like, how did he get it down that dude's throat like that? Standing on his lap, just shoving that thing. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Show me that scene because that was that's fucking worth the price of admission right there. I'm like, God damn. One too many twists. <laughs> so it's funny. This movie came out, it was ranked number one in its opening weekend. And then the second weekend, it fell behind to x2 yeah yeah <laughs> and the lizzie mcguire movie Hell you can't yeah. believe you got a picture perfect well, that's not the song from that movie though oh hell i don't know i don't know if you've even seen the movie <laughs> just singing the song from the show you really went for it sometimes make it so it makes sense x2 was the fucking hot thing on the block when they were making comic book movies so it couldn't fail even though they were ass but couldn't fail does anybody have anything else to say about identity song from that movie is uh what dreams are made of (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) it was gonna bug me sorry okay so with that, that is the end of this episode. So if you have any other cool fun facts about, I don't know, having 11 fucking identities in your head, don't kill people. If you got that, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. <laughs> we have an email. It is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. So yeah, we have uh, at least one more sweet ass mystery film. And it's going to be an old one. So get ready, y'all. <laughs> it's so old it's so old so stay like stay awake right uh so like always thank you so much for listening and we'll be back very soon with another mystery okay bye guys bye i want my personalities to be like the cast of oceans 11 <laughs> i want my personalities to be muppets Ooh, how about muppet versions of oceans 11 <laughs> greg i w- <laughs> Why don't we have money? We could be making Muppet movies. <laughs> Let me count the ways. Fuck. Man, I wish I had. Fuck. Let me hit the lotto. We're making a goddamn movie. Fuck. <laughs> I don't want my personal or personalities to be like fitness fanatics. 
<laughs> you you take care of it because I don't want to. Yeah, you just need one. And this that one personality just, one just kills just everybody off. <laughs> they don't gotta kill anybody off. No killers. I want personalities to be a cult that like kills themselves off. And that can be another movie. That'd be, Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. Movie. Oh man. Oh. Huh? Man. <laughs> <laughs>